We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, welcome in. Scott, I don't have yours in there. I didn't see it, but uh, welcome in, folks. It is Tuesday morning. It's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, on these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing today? How was your holidays? You feeling festive after everything? I know it's uh, disappointing uh, coming in after the Broncos had everything gifted in front of them uh, this week. Really seemed like a chance for the Broncos to go up to, what, a 50% chance of making the playoffs only to have the Grinch uh, steal a football season this year and the Broncos come up short against a god-awful Patriots team. Yeah, and then there's part of it that says, you know, okay, I, I like seeing the Kansas City Chiefs lose, but what a I lost that opportunity, mm-hmm. you know, with, the, with them losing too. So it was the margins have been too tight. As Sean Payton said flat out, he says, you know, our margin for error hasn't been good enough to, mm-hmm. to play like this, you know, yep. to not take advantage of opportunities. And it hasn't, you know, a play here or there and things go a different way. Uh, there's some questionable decision-making I thought in this one all around. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into all of those. Appreciate everybody being here and I hope you're having a, uh, a fantastic long holiday weekend. I hope you're still off all the way through next week too. Not this guy. This guy's got to get into work and more doctor's appointments after this. So we'll be only going about 40, 45 minutes today since uh, we had to do a little bit of Falcon stuff this morning as well. But yeah, Scott, I keep coming back to it. It just feels like this game was kind of a little bit of a normalization, I think, for the Broncos on the year, because while the beginning of the year they had some bad luck. Let's be real. Um, the ball bounced the Broncos way a lot during that win streak. And uh, the, especially I come back to the Vikings game, the Bills games. Um, you won those games. You shouldn't take it away. But there are some things that in a broader sample size, if you played those games a hundred times with how you played, I don't know if you win them a majority of the time. It's probably, especially that bills one with the fumbles that you had in that one, but you uh, have a game like this and it kind of normalizes things and the Broncos are probably right about on track with where their overall talent uh, has them based on my assessment, probably about a 500 team. We'll see uh, if they're nine and eight or eight and nine down the stretch here. I don't think they will lose both these games, but that Raiders game is going to become pretty, pretty fascinating on that last one. Even if you're playing just for pride, considering what they just did to Kansas city, but uh, yeah, um, definitely a missed opportunity. And Broncos country is probably a little bit of blue Christmas uh, after that one, because you had so much break your way, Scott. And that one, you had the Colts lose, uh, you had the Texans lose, you had the Jags lose. Uh, you just had so Steelers. many the Steelers ended up uh, yeah, giving it up as well. 
Uh, you had the Chiefs. No, the Steelers lose. won that one. I'm sorry. It was the Bengals that you needed Bengals to lose. Lost. And the Bengals lost. Yes. Really, the only game that you needed to go a certain way that didn't was the Bills versus Chargers. But, I mean, to have so much break your way and then to just oaf it versus the Patriots. It's not just the missed opportunity also in the, the week, but early in the game, you have the very first play. Almost a walk-in fumble recovery for a touchdown. You have the ball, goal to go. I mean, golden opportunity to get points. You get a gift by not having the ball uh, take away there because Russell Wilson makes just an absolutely boneheaded decision throwing the ball into coverage. And then instead of taking the three points, you go for it and your running back falls over his own feet or an uh, offensive lineman. So uh, should have when, when that happened, Scott had a feeling like, uh-oh, Broncos on Christmas. Here we go. But missed opportunity, man. Let's, let's get into this one. We talked about decision-making, and this was one I think the – the hindsight graders were really upset about with the, the Broncos taking timeouts on the Patriots last drive, uh, which ended up giving them time to kick a guy that's kicking 50% of the field goals. It's a 57 yard game winner. Okay. Um, but what, what were your thoughts on Sean Payton and the, the clock management to end this game? I probably would have done the same thing because they had other than some, somewhat fluky uh, arm punts from Bailey Zappi that were working out where your defense wasn't able to come down with them on the back end. Uh, but they weren't moving the ball successfully at all. They had a very low uh, success rate on the game at 52.2%, which is just dreadful. Uh, bottom, definitely bottom 20% in terms of success rate per drive. So I thought overall that I didn't mind the aggressiveness to try to get the ball back. Uh, and, you know, you live by the sword, you die by the sword with that one. Sometimes it's easy to say in hindsight, my hindsight, what WTF moment for me was going for it on that fourth down early when I did not really respect this Patriots offense that much. Maybe I should have more than I did, but I thought that, you know, three points there would have been huge. And looking at the game plays out totally different, probably if you have those three points, uh, but I don't know, really not taking advantage of the first two drives, not getting a single first down. Uh, and giving the ball back when you had plus field position both times. I mean, that's you're off the wrong, wrong track right away. And I don't know if that's play calling. I don't know if that's execution, uh, but not good enough all around. And I know that's a good Patriots defense, but when you are in plus territory and your defense gifts you plus territory, you better damn well walk away with some points and to goose egg it unacceptable. I agree with you on both of those, actually. Um, and, and Michael, I know in Broncos country, I know this was a lot of questions about the way, you know, you took those field goals at the end. One, the Patriots weren't moving the ball very well. You get that ball back. You got a chance to go kick the game winner. You're you've got the cons that, that you do. And I think I like your chances there. Uh, you do it after a stop. You don't do it first and 10. And then they just happen to hit a long third down play, which they hadn't been very successful at. So mm -hmm. I was OK with the clock management at the end. I was not okay with the play calling on that first drive from the nine that you came away with zero points. It was run stuff, run stuff, almost intercepted, I think, if I remember correctly on that one. But it was a pass play that did nowhere. Fourth and fourth and goal from the five. And then it was just kind of a, a blah run up the middle again. So I didn't want to go for it there anyway. But then the play call on a fourth and goal from the five, you got to have to trick somebody. Mm -hmm. and usually you've got to have a pretty good passing game to do it. But I agree with you. The The Patriots will look for reasons to stop playing when you're 3-11. and 11. Give them one. Mm -hmm. they, they fumbled the ball away. Oh, God, here we are on the road again. Let's just not get embarrassed. 
take the points, man. Uh, it got weird in the third quarter, but this is a team that I was like, this at the beginning of the game, I said, this 9-6 might be the, the final of this game. And like I said, then it got weird with some of the turnovers and stuff and one good drive from the Patriots. But take the points. That was the that was the bigger one for me. And and thanks for the the super chat, Michael, and all the support that you you show um, show Nick and I. He says good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast and go Broncos to you as well, my friend. Thank you so much, Addison, coming in with a super sticker, uh, kicking us off before we even let went live. Thank you, Addison. Mark Schrader as well. He's coming in from Texas. Hopefully, it's drier there. I think we got all your your wet uh, here in the southeast. Mark, he says good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning to you as well. And then Ty Y coming in. He says, Nick, thanks for coming um, Coming on. Nonetheless, rhymes with orange and blue two weeks ago. Uh, hope to see you again there next week. We're trying to expand. Well, let me know. I'm going to be pretty busy here uh, coming up I got, with the little guy uh, on the on the horizon. So I uh, can't really schedule anything out in January right now with uh, what that looks like. But uh, definitely hopefully get on there again sometime soon. Yeah, so thank you, for, uh, thank you for the support. And you talk about expanding. You know what else expands? Pizza crust expands when you get it down there and get it going. This is a reminder for you. It might be time for breakfast, but just be thinking about lunch, dinner later, and breakfast tomorrow. And you can make Little Caesars, who is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday, and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. Yeah, and talk about a winning combination. I absolutely adore the stuffed crazy bread pepperoni pizza. It doesn't get any better than that. What a winning combination. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with the convenient delivery in our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends. We got the college football playoffs coming up. Real big game. So make sure you're grabbing a few slices for that. And enjoy all the football that we still have on the docket. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Pizza, pizza. We got somebody coming in here. So thank you to Little Caesars. Thanks to all of y'all for uh, for supporting those who support the show. Uh, they've they've been a fun uh, a fun sponsor for the show for sure. Uh, shout out to Gary Palmer coming in with a super chat coming in yellow. He says, uh, "Well, you don't have anything to say, not yet anyway." We know Gary has very positive uh, messages, so we'll look forward to what you have to say, Gary. We'll keep an eye out. Uh, and Justin Lloyd says, "Pass rusher. We get no pressure without blitzing." I I happen to agree with this one. Um, I think you've got a one plus edge rusher right now uh without benito he he, he might be a little bit but i I think of benito as just being kind of on the average side but you've got depth so over the course of four quarters if you can stay average as the offensers is is with fresh legs you can keep running waves at people which ends up being a little better than average but for one-on-one i think baron browning is a plus pass rusher he's he's still not in that first tier of guys and that's you know, that's, I'm not knocking him. He's it's just a different level of person in that, uh, in that level up there. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think you'd like to see more from your entire front five period, Nick. So best player available on that front five edge or 300 pound lineman. And I think that was a big reason for a lot of the explosives that you gave up in this game. Uh, did want to give a shout out to Bailey Zappi, you know, for hitting some of those explosives down the field. But it felt like they were all pretty well timed with when the Broncos sent extra bodies and couldn't have as many eyes on the football. They were taking calculated shots and came down with them more times than not. But why is that happening? It's because you don't trust your front four to get there without blitzing. So that is definitely an area the Broncos need to address this offseason. I mean, in the entire front seven, Scott, the only player that I would probably categorize as a plus player that has potential Pro Bowl uh, ability right now, I probably would say it's Zach Allen, and that's it. Uh, I think Browning, talented player, but way too inconsistent uh, right now. Uh, Benito is a very niche role player, which you love to have guys like that when you can throw rotations, but you can't get home uh, without blitzing. Broncos have been one of the heaviest first and second down blitz rates teams in the NFL. And I just, I don't know. It hasn't hit the same as what we've seen with like Brian Flores with the Vikings, even though they kind of got it taken to them by a good uh, lions team uh, this week. But yeah, pass rusher is trying to stop the the run. You've been forced to go really, really light. Yeah. I think Jonathan Harris had like 12 snaps, which is where he should be. But who are you putting in for him, Nick? DJ Jones. Yeah. Yeah. DJ Jones did have a good game in the role uh, this week. They had a pretty good pressure. I thought I was actually one of his better games. Granted, the Patriots offensive line is horrible, uh, but uh, thought it was an overall good game. But yeah, pass rusher. Scott, if you're asking me right now, and I always like to do this because quarterback is such an entirely different beast that I almost want to put it in its own box before evaluating it. But outside of quarterback, I think edge rusher is probably your number one most likely uh, spot you are attacking in the draft because you're not getting home with four. Two of your top three are going to be free agents after next year. And it's a position where you're picking, let's say, 10 to 16 in the draft. There's probably going to be an edge that makes sense there. So I, I, if I was a betting man right now, if it's not quarterback, 
I'd probably put money on edge. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Depending on, you know, what you like in the draft, there's enough needs everywhere that you can truly go, as we say, best prospect available in there. But there should be a guy at a premium position because you still need, you need another corner. You need offensive tackles, a sneaky need in there too. Um, and then you mentioned big guys. DJ Jones right now is a cap casualty next year. Without a doubt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so yeah. now you're down to who are my 275 plus linemen? Zach Allen. End of, I'm done. Yeah. I got I to gotta rebuild my defensive line. Because you're running Mike Purcell out there who got as many snaps as he's had all year. He's a strange one, Nick. I know you talk about him hitting the ground a lot. I, I saw thought he was a okay play going game. on. There was a play. Running back goes right tackle and got stuffed and bounces it back to try and come back up the middle. And Mike Purcell has his back to the ref to back to the line of scrimmage with his hands up in the air looking at the ref. You don't see that happen in the middle of the trenches during a play. You'll see that you'll see that as a quarterback breaks contain. And a guy will throw his arms up like I'm being held. Mm -hmm. the, the running back almost ran right into him. Oh my god! Yeah, it's uh, it's frustrating, no doubt. They they just need bodies on the defensive line. I don't know if it was this show, Scott, or the show before with the Falcons, but talk about waves. You look at the best defenses right now, and I think people don't appreciate it enough. They just look at the starters. It's not like your offensive line or your cornerback spot or anything. You need to look at your two deep on your defensive line right now. And when you get to the, the Broncos second line, second wave, I mean, it is who I, I mean, this not to be completely disrespectful, but again, how many episodes can we harp on that? I feel like we have to, uh, a lot of the heat is on the offense and rightfully so given they were absolutely freaking putrid, especially in the middle of the game. I mean, until the fourth quarter when it's too late and I come back to like what Mark, did you see the Mark Schlereth interview a couple weeks ago where he talked about like you set the bleeping house on fire. You don't get credit for, you know, putting out the ashes. Yeah. And that's kind of what it's been with the Broncos offense. But we do keep coming back to the, uh, the defensive front as well. Not good enough. This was a, unfortunately also Scott, maybe a regression comeback somewhat to reality game for uh, Jaquan McMillan. Uh, he had, a few series in this game where it was like, ugh, maybe that's why you trust the uh, the broader sample size. Maybe he isn't this all-pro edge rusher. Maybe he's he can just be good. But, man, he had his worst game as a Bronco without a doubt. Uh, Which happens. Today had hope somebody else, you know, you hope you get – You right now when you talk about depth, there's not enough depth where somebody can make up for that. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, this is a bad matchup with McMillan or whatever. However, they, however you they're going to attack, whatever team you're playing, it's not the same week to week to week. This could be a bad matchup for a player. You could have a bad day. But the margins are so thin that I can't count on my pass rush to make up for that. Yeah. Uh, my linebackers aren't, you know, agile enough to help make up for that area in the in the space from the, the the short passing game in the slot to the middle where you're counting on your 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 nickel, your slot corner. PJ Locke's been okay. He's been good. He's been okay. And we and that's something we haven't even gotten into. We haven't gotten into Kareem Jackson. Mm -hmm. Some uh, some big news there. Who was waived on Christmas Day? That's a little harsh. Yeah, it was a, a little harsh to see that happen. Uh, not super surprising, considering his level of play this season wasn't great. And now that the Broncos have lost, maybe it's even partially a money saving opportunity for them as well. 
because uh, they can pay him less, even though he's already not getting very much with all the suspensions this season. Uh, but uh, even less on that practice squad, I believe, uh, how the contract would work. So it's definitely something where I think we're in evaluation mode. Uh, we'll see what happens down the stretch for the Broncos, of course. But, I mean, what are you at now? A 4% chance of making the playoffs? They're going to go into that game against the Chargers with, you know, uh, still trying to win and whatnot. But we might enter that game. I think it's the second slate where Broncos have been mathematically eliminated based on what's happened in the Thursday, uh, Saturday, Sunday morning leading up to it. So and, and you see all the done. new coach bump. You saw yeah. it last year with Jerry Rosberg, Rosberg. You see it. You see it with uh, with Antonio Pierce and the Raiders. And you saw it with Giff Smith and the Chargers. Uh, so they're playing for something. Now, when we were lining these games up, I was saying, which, who's the most dangerous of these opponents? We Patriots were last. Yeah. Uh, but we said the Raiders because they've got an interim coach who was trying to prove something and some guys that are trying to save some jobs and the, the chargers were the least of your concerns. Well, they got humiliated so bad that they made the change. So now the chargers and Raiders are on the same footing and they'll be playing for something. They will be. So again, you're. Where are you seven and eight with two to go? Yep. And uh, it'd be nice to get those. It'd be nice to get those uh, division wins. It would be very nice to get the Raiders monkey off your back too, because you haven't beaten them in a long time, and that's unacceptable considering how bad the Raiders have been as well. Uh, Lawrence Rivera says, "Morning, guys. It's a rough, cold morning to be plumbing, but let's get it." Yeah. Well, hopefully you're not uh, elbow deep in anything, Lawrence. We appreciate you uh, coming in and saying hello. Always with all the uh, the stars and the content here. Uh, I can see the, uh, Michael Ronquillo coming in says uh, Ben Powers also had a bad game. I don't. I mean, Ben Powers did have a bad game, but if you have a chance to go back and watch the game, and I wouldn't blame you if you didn't, Broncos country. But you want to see what we're talking about when like defensive linemen make a difference? Watch. Christian Barmore for the Patriots, because my God, he, how did he, he had, fall to the second round? I've, I don't know, Scott early second round, but uh, he unbelievable in this game. Uh, if he played, you know, 16 games like that, he'd be an all pro. Uh, he dominated uh, at the point of attack this whole game. Um, so it was unfortunate to see that Ben powers had a bad game. Quinn miners had a bad game. This is one of the worst games of the year. I thought from uh, Quinn miners as well. Uh, so yeah, Broncos got eaten up a bit by that Patriots team. And we, Kind of rang the alarm, Scott, coming into this game. This is a horrific matchup for this Broncos offense. And at least you have Cortland Sutton. Well, now you don't. So I don't want to, you know, excuse away for how bad Russell Wilson and the offense was and the run game and whatnot. But this was a pretty dreadful matchup that uh, played out almost exactly as we thought without <laughs> Cortland Sutton in the game because he was dealing with a concussion. The timing on this one was, and, and Michael was talking about the the free agent signings because he was slating the the. Oh. McGlinchey signing too. This was a mistake. Ben Powers was a mistake. Um, Mike McGlinchey was a bigger one right now um, yeah. for sure because Ben Powers, you can actually have some flexibility next year with his contract. I don't mean to get into body shaming somebody, but as the Broncos were going up to the line of scrimmage, I'm looking at Ben Powers and thinking his lower half doesn't look as strong as some of the guys you see playing guard. And then to dive on that ball. Okay, Scott, you said lower half. To dive on that ball and have him just bullied under the pile and taken away from him. Dude. That's, was... That was the encapsulated this game. You know, yeah. it, it, was, it should have been Ben Powers' ball. It was Ben Powers' ball. He was down when he had it. But then he just had his lunch money taken from from him from the Patriots. It was 
it was, you know, we talk about who wants it more. Yeah. Well, the Patriots seem to the defense for sure. That one, I can't fault Ben Powers too much because he was obviously down on the ground with the football. And I get like letting it play out that way because that facilitates an automatic review. But if it's something that's so obvious to me that he is down and possessing the football and you're only letting it play on so you can get to the review, but now it's the call on the field, uh, we need to change the process there because you're kind of cheating um, the rule to get to a result and then, you know, back assing it uh to what the result is in the end so i don't know that kind of that one i can't blame ben powers on that one i mean hold on to the ball i get it but he had possession i just i have no idea what the refs are looking at and i don't want to come on here broncos lost this game they didn't lose this game because the refs they lost it because they gave up explosive plays they gave up a touchdown off of a kickoff are you freaking kidding me you cannot have that but the uh your own that, that call was horrible horrible call it was it was poor uh Ty Y coming back in. He says, I believe in the draft we get Illinois defensive linemen. Uh, that's Johnny Newton. Newton. And then we need to draft uh, an inside linebacker, middle linebacker, and a corner and a safety because K-Jack won't be back. I, I think you definitely need corner number two. You need safety too. P.J. Locke's a nice piece, but I want a little more security there than Caden Stearns uh, to play with Justin Simmons. And frankly, Justin Simmons is getting older. Now, yeah. you're going you're gonna to restructure slash extend that contract, so you'll probably have him on a three-year deal. But at the end of that deal, he's 34. Wouldn't mind having somebody in the pipeline there. Um, but yeah, and then uh, Jewel is a free agent also. And frankly, I don't mind moving over, moving on from Jewel at this point either. Yeah, you need a lot of turnover here. The issue is that you're up against it with the salary cap. And because of all the draft pick games you've been playing over the last three, two draft cycles. Now you don't have a lot of guys in the pipeline that are these young cost controlled players. You're already going to be at a disadvantage um, from your draft picks this draft, because you don't have your second round pick. You gave up an additional third as well that you got in that Sean Payton trade. And uh, you might have a dead cap hit coming for the quarterback here soon too. So it might be some thin years as far as resources uh, coming up here. Maybe the Broncos can, you know, play above that. Uh, we'll see. Maybe they hit at a good rate with some of that, but Things are interesting right now because you do not have a bonus of flexibility and resources where you can rebuild this team and remake it quickly. So, I, I mean, we we're talking the, the previous Super Chat listing. We need this position, this position, this position. You have two picks in the top 100, and you're in the red in salary cap right now. Now, you do have ways to get out of that, but you're not going to be a team that's in those graphs when it comes to, like, draft picks and salary cap this season where you're positive in both. You're closer to the bottom in both of those. So it's a, uh, it's a not a dangerous spot to be, but it's definitely a precarious one uh, for the Broncos. Yeah. You're not the most intriguing team in the NFL with, uh, with the ability to remake your roster. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these guys you have, I mean, you're going to need guys who are already here to step up. You talk about cornerback. It might be as simple as, you know, cheap Fabian Moreau option versus Riley Moss versus Damari Mathis again. Good luck. I mean, but there's going to have to be some spots on the roster yeah. where it's going to be that. Cause you don't have, first round pick after first round pick and ample cap space internal options in the defensive backfield riley moss you're expecting him to step up yeah. you are because he's this was a red shirt year there's no guarantee drew Caden Stearns, you hope gets healthy but you've got pj lock there now that you've is a proven nfl player he's a free agent good so. call sorry about that <laughs> pj lock's a free agent he might get yeah. paid i can't go into this with caden Stearns and and kareem jackson again mm -mm. i can't Maybe it'll you be Riley you, Moss. You, you get you get what you get when you go with a guy who hasn't played because of injury and an old dude. 
Um, but do you think you'll go? Elliot says, do you think we'll go after a cornerback in the draft? Yes. Yes, I do. Now it might be day three and you bank on a guy that's runs a four, three, but his film isn't great. Yeah. Or you bank on a guy that runs a four, six, five, whose film is great. Uh, that sliding scale I like to use, you know, yeah. where the very top guys are the ones that play great and have great measurables it comes back down here. They, they, the ones that have one of the other end up day three picks. Yeah. But <laughs> those yeah, kind of, so you've got to, yeah. you've got to bet on trade. Frankly, in, in either one, you take a chance. You want Drew Sanders to take that next step. Those are guys you're counting on. Caden mm -hmm. Stearns to be healthy where you don't have anybody in the pipeline is on that defensive line. Yeah. I mean, you had hoped for Owazarike, but he's, you know, out now with the whole Iowa State uh, betting scandal thing. Uh, Matt Hennessy. Hennessy. I can never get it right, Scott. The, the Wisconsin. You've got Henningson. Henningson. There we go. Henningson, Hennessy, Henningson. The cognac, uh, Matt Hennessy, is in Atlanta. Yes. That's a. Uh, that's another spot too that you're questionable, but yeah, and this Broncos one, team. Thankfully, the guy I've forgotten, I've had, I've been able to erase. Mike Pinnell is now with Kansas City. I saw him make a play yesterday. I'm like, good. Thank God I don't have to talk about him anymore. Mike Pinnell, Mike Purcell, both nose guards. Nope, too hard. Nope. They're just copying. We're in the matrix, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, cornerbacks very much a possibility in the draft. I mean, we're kind of going over. We've really started into evaluation mode, haven't we, Scott? Uh, but going over the roster, I mean, it's just like, yeah, you go here. Yeah, you could go here. Yeah, you could go here. It really is going to be, I think, as outside of the quarterback. Again, we'll put that in a different box because it always has to be a different conversation uh, given the value and what it means when you do draft a quarterback. But really, you could go at almost any single value position in the first round, and it would make sense. Cornerback, you bet. Get somebody opposite Sertan, whether it be Kool-Aid McKinstry, Cooper DeGene, Nate Wiggins, makes sense. Ed Rusher. Two year top three are gone after 2024. Uh, we'll see what happens with Nick Benito. You need guys there. Defensive tackle, not a good defensive tackle class, guys. I don't know about using a top 12 pick on a defensive tackle on this one, but Johnny Newton, end of the first round, mid first round, sure. Uh, wide receiver, we haven't even talked about that, Scott. I mean, Marvin Mims, he looks like kind of a one trick pony right now who's a auxiliary piece. You talk about guys needing to step up next season. Marvin Mims needs to become much more than just a fly route. You're going to run a nine every play can't do that in the nfl uh so you need more from him uh wide receiver sweep slash screenplay which is going to get you killed yeah I, you just you didn't need so much more from him uh if he's going to be a factor in the offense that isn't ornamental uh which he which right now all he is is ornamental to your offense in your passing game elliot uh, so, d doubled up with a super chat he's very very hopeful that uh okay. that they beat the raiders beat the raiders chargers are up next though right don't you finish with yeah. the raiders watch yep. for the chargers man tell him yeah that. You, we'll see what happens. I mean, Easton Stick. Uh, we will. We'll. Uh, you they're going to play inspired. You can't. This offense isn't good enough to take anybody for granted. You just prove that against the Patriots. It's one of those ones. How many times have we said it, Scott? Every single win has played out the exactly the same. And the Broncos had a chance for the formula in this game. You know, you score a touchdown on that first drive. You probably milk that game. You probably park the bus. You play conservative on the back end. You say Bailey Zappi. 12 play drive after time after time. If you can do that, God bless you. But because you're behind, because you have to hunt a little bit, you're giving up a little bit more explosives out there. And uh, just really such a massive missed opportunity. Uh, yeah. We got uh, Justin How's Lloyd. Devontae Parker, a 66 from PFF. Didn't it feel like he just killed the Broncos? It did. Yep. 
That was a, uh, a saying Bassey, not saying a wrong name. Uh, Jaquan McMillan, not the best game uh, from him. No doubt getting uh, postered a few times by uh, it wasn't Parker. just him. Yeah, not just him, but he stands out a little bit. Uh, $10 Justin Lloyd says Cooper gets sacked when Browning actually does win. Russ still runs into sacks with pressure and fumbles like 30% chance when sacked linebackers played run well, but cover like dog bleep. Yeah. You don't really have much, uh, sideline to sideline athleticism from the linebacker spot. I don't think it's such an issue when you can play numbers on the back end, but because you're so dog, you know what at getting pressure with four that you have to send guys. So then you are, have less bodies on the back end. So it makes yourself vulnerable to give up those big plays. You don't have as many too deep safeties. You're playing cover three at a higher rate uh, because and cover one, because you're having to match, match that with your pressure because you can't get home with four. I mean, it's just, it's everything feeds into itself, but I think a lot of the issues with this Broncos team start with the issues up front. And because of that, your safeties look worse. Your pass rush is worse. Your linebackers look worse. Um, would it be nice to have a more athletic guy up there? Sure. But I don't think that's the breaking point of the defense right now. I, I agree 100%. And part of it is my own bias. I, I believe in the trenches. But again, as Nick said, it starts back to front. No, flip that around. Starts front to back to me. Because you're, as you said, you're having to commit more bodies to try and stop the run. So you can't stop the run. You're dead meat. You're, you're just dead. Uh, that's the easiest one. I'll just keep running. The easiest thing in the world to do is hand the ball off. I don't take many chances and just run. And if I'm having to commit more bodies to, if, if I've got Singleton and Jewel automatically going forward to try and get into gaps and stop the run where I'm light and undermanned, well, that makes me vulnerable behind them and it, it puts them at a disadvantage. Um, so I, I agree 100% on this one. Russell Wilson still running into sacks with pressure God, and fumbles. Bless it. <laughs> Getting out, you know, getting out of there. The offensive line wasn't very good, but his trust rate, let's let's put that one in there. His trust rate of stepping up into the pocket and staying in there and, and getting rid of the ball quickly is is very poor. I'm sure that's an analytics somewhere. My seat of the pants analytics tells me he bails quickly. He doesn't stay, he bails, which leads to some big plays. It also leads into sacks, leads into holding penalties. Uh, it doesn't really work <laughs> very well. Um, and, and, you know, as Nick always says, you know, I don't I don't want my linebackers in coverage that often. That's just not what they do anymore. They're they're just out athleted wherever mm -hmm. they're they're being counted in there. I need more from my front five. That's how we started the show, Justin. That's where I still go. Where do I go early for this team? If the corner's there and you like him better than everybody else, yes, I need a cornerback too. But man, I, I need I need three hundred pound guys across that defensive line, whether it's end or tackle, and I need edge. That that's my number one concern right now on the on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, without a doubt, we do have to wrap up here pretty soon. Unfortunately, Broncos country, because I got to get to a, a baby appointment. <laughs> of course, we appreciate. It, man, the super chats are flowing. Uh, don't even know if we've gotten everybody, Scott, because we've just been kind of. Um, you know, free four minutes today. But I think the final question here, we got Raymond Shelby, $2. Thank you so much, Raymond. Um, everything now we are looking ahead. It all is now going to be the relationship and the future with the quarterback position and Russell Wilson. We've talked about it a lot entering uh, this week. I was honestly like <laughs> as little middle down the line as you could possibly be with whether you bring him back or not. I was 51 49. I think after this week's performance, especially 
uh, when you need your quarterback to step up. I thought that, I mean, even though they were those last two drives, you know, that 16 point comeback was amazing. The house is freaking on fire because you were so terrible in this, especially the second and third quarter. I think right now I'm leaning towards Wilson not being back. I think that Peyton is probably pretty frustrated because the limitations on the offense, it is very much a, I've heard people use it as a NFL or NBA uh, analogy where it's a three point or layup offense. But the thing is in the NFL, it's not always just three points and layups. Your layups or your, you know, your mid range twos can end up three pointers, right? You can attack the middle of the field. You can attack the intermediate areas and those can lead to explosives elsewhere. So uh, we're not seeing that enough from the Broncos right now. I think Peyton's probably frustrated by it. And I think we've seen enough dr- issues and dredges from the offense this season that right now, I think it's probably uh, going to be the end of Russell Wilson. I don't think you're getting up three pointers. Well, that too. Yeah. You but- know, that's the problem. If it was a, if it was a three outcome, like baseball, we talk about those analogies, three yeah. outcome walk, strike out home run. Well, if you get your home runs, if you get your three pointers. Okay. But you're not getting the big plays either. And the stack boxes, the offensive line's been a disappointment to me this year. You know, the running game's been a disappointment. And how much of that is based on the quarterback play, I don't know for sure. But there's a lot that's going on. And I know Sean Payton can call an offense. I feel like he is, I would love to have a candid conversation with him. Like, dude, you are so conservative. You're so conservative with this offense. Why? And I'd love to hear his answer. I got my ideas. So do you. We've talked about them. Uh, you know, is it that is it the tight end position, the wide receiver position, and the quarterback position? Is it just the quarterback position? I mean, as soon as as soon as Cortland Sutton goes out, we're not talking about you know the three amigos out there anymore playing wide receiver. We're talking about an underperforming first round draft pick. I don't even know where Brandon Johnson came from, who's been hurt and is just coming back in. Uh, I got Adam Troutman, who's good for maybe a catch a game. I got Lucas Kroll, a guy I picked off of somebody else's, you know waiver wire at the end of the uh, at the end of the this the uh evaluate the summer practices and i got russell wilson who i've got big questions about and russell wilson came into this league as a draft pick behind a high dollar quarterback and won the job i i just i have a hard time just moving on because of that dead cap hit yeah now, do I bring in competition and make it an open competition? Absolutely. That's how Russell Wilson got into this league. That's how Russell Wilson started for the Seattle Seahawks. Was it Matt Castle that they spent all that money on? Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Okay. It was Matt Flynn they spent all that money on, and the rookie comes in and beats him out. So be it. This is a full circle league, man. And it, you know, the t- on a long enough timeline, it's going to happen to everybody. Yeah. It's coming back, circling back to the past distribution this past week. Uh, the Broncos are taking deep shots uh, as far as the deep attempts this week, Scott Broncos had the third most 20 plus yard pass attempts in this game of any team in the NFL this week, but they connected on one of them, one for six on 20 plus yarders. But you know what the Broncos did uh, dominate in terms of where they're attacking this week behind the line of scrimmage, Russell Wilson, 11 attempts behind the line of scrimmage, nobody else even close. So I mean, it can't run screens for a team that can't run screens and defenses are freaking flying downhill on the run motion. Cause they don't think that you're going to be able to work. God, there's gotta especially be in pump, the middle. There's gotta be a pump and go that comes in there eventually. Right. 
I, do you trust your quarterback to hang in the pocket to do, to hold on to the ball that long? I mean, one of the sacks, I, th- I don't remember which one it was. Patriots only sent like three, I think. And Russell Wilson like turns his back to the line of scrimmage, looks to escape immediately. There's a pocket there. There's room to step up and maneuver in there. And you just, you're losing your damn mind immediately looking to escape and create when really the, the way to extend play, the play would be to step up within structure uh, and extend that way where you have blockers and guys. I mean, on that sack too, Scott, you see the sack happen. You know what the, you know what all the offensive linemen do? They throw they their hands up in the air. They're like, dude, we we did our jobs. They see Russell Wilson on the ground and they turn away and walk to the uh, walk to the sideline. <laughs> Snap over. I mean, that's I can't speak for anybody specifically, but I can guarantee you behind closed doors, off the record, offensive line is like, Well, what do you want me to do? You know, like I can't do very much here. Uh and I will disagree. I think I will disagree a little bit, Scott, as far as the offensive line being disappointing. I think the bigger issue has been the running backs this season. But I know running backs don't matter to an extent. Uh, but you got P. Ryan dealing with an injury right now. Poor Javante. I don't mean overall. Yeah. I meant this game. Oh, this sure. game. Yes, this one for sure. I still see running running lanes that are not being hit. I think Javante Williams. It was always. I mean, we've talked. We can, you know. Rewind back to the offseason, Scott. I was banging the table that the Broncos needed to use their one of their third to fifth round picks on a running back just to get another body in there. And we did see the pivot this week a little bit where we did start to see a little bit more Jaleel McLaughlin, but he's vulnerable uh, back there when you do uh, start him because he's just dreadful in pass protection. So it's rough. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we also got Justin Lloyd coming in again. Three P today says bench Russ start Sanders, not uh, Josie start Riley at corner. And when you blitz splits more with McLaughlin, uh, McLaughlin edge rusher. We'll see what happens. Uh, when we blitzes, good things happen. I don't think I saw a blitz at all versus the Pats. The Broncos blitzed a lot versus the Patriots. I, I don't know if I can pull up the uh, data just yet, but I feel like they sent five guys, especially on early downs a good bit. And uh shout out to Doug Raquel Reichel Raquel. For the stars on Facebook as well. Thank you. Yeah, and Justin, you. you know, saying Ventress start Sanders, not Josie. Next two games, I think that's a better matchup. And we saw Sanders out there a little bit more. You know, it was uh, the two worst matchups that you could have had Sanders on were the two he was forced to play a lot. It was Miami Dolphins and the Detroit Lions. Um, Drew Sanders had 13 defensive snaps. It felt like it was a little bit more than that. But that's getting there. And he graded out much better. Uh, Riley Moss, <laughs> he was only on there for two, two snaps and almost had an interception. So I was like, oh, he's playing more. No, he's not, but he did get mm-hmm. two snaps. So you're working these guys in. And I think, yes, you need to get those guys on the field more of the final two games. I agree hundred percent, Justin. The big question here coming forward as we have a little bit of time left is you have that massive $37 million guarantee that kicks in on the fifth day of the league year for the Broncos. So if you do keep him, he is with the contract, the way it's currently constructed, he will be here for two seasons, uh, which is definitely dangerous. And I saw somebody report earlier that uh, Adam Schefter, Adam Schefter reported that Russell Wilson is going to rework his contract to be more team friendly. You got bamboozled. That was a fake Adam Schefter. So uh, that's not the case. Maybe that ends up being reality, but uh, that was not a real report. So we'll see. But, the real thing Here's is thing I have on that one. And again, you talk about, you know, that, that $37 million in guaranteed money. That's somebody's money. Rich people don't like giving away $40 million. The effect on the team is going to be the same because it's going to be the same dead cap hit for two years either way. Yeah. Um, but do I want to take the dead cap hit for the next two years or do I want to take 
the cap hit, have Russell Wilson and pay him an extra $40 million. Somebody that's counting pennies might say, I don't want to pay that guy another $37 million. I know the cap hit's going to be the same for two years, whether I do it or not. And I do think that in this game, especially the last two weeks, I don't think the offensive game plan was great. I don't think, I think those were low lights for the season uh, from Sean Payton, but he's going to be the one who's standing at the end of the day. If it comes down to a Russell Wilson versus Sean Payton, I know damn well uh, whose horses are going to be backing up in this one. Yeah, it's for Sean sure. Payton's team. Uh, so I know that, uh, you know, we'll see. And uh, we'll see what it looks like without Russell Wilson uh, if Sean Payton is here. But the real kicker here now, Scott, is that that $37 million that becomes guaranteed on the fifth day of the league year, there's an asterisk on that one as well saying, unless injured injury for Russell Wilson. So now we enter the thing we saw last year with the Raiders and Derek Carr. Are the Broncos going to make a move at the quarterback spot in order to protect themselves to not uh, be committed to Russell Wilson? Because if he gets injured, you don't have the choice. You don't have the ability to make the decision. Yeah, we'll know. They'll tip their hands. Watch watch what they do, not what they say. We'll know. If uh, if, if Jared Sedham is starting this weekend, we know. We will have our answer. Uh, we know we love Michael Ranquillo coming in to close us out on the show. He says, great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Thank you, sir. Appreciate all the support. Yeah, appreciate you so much, Michael. Appreciate everybody coming in here. Uh, it is unfortunate. I think the Broncos, Scott, and this one, this upcoming Chargers game, I think we're probably a week off still as far That's as who I missed. The old man. Hope Happy holidays, Dad. Appreciate you coming in and saying uh, happy holidays as well. We uh, Thanks for all the uh, gifts, and we'll see you here in about a month when the little guy's here. Uh, God, coming up soon. But uh, I think we're probably still a week early, Scott, in terms of the assessment period i think that with the broncos still having a chance at the playoffs here granted you know only a fool's hope uh ability to get there still but i think you probably still see all the starters and starters and whatnot start this week against the chargers if we go into a raiders game week eight, 18 and uh you're mathematically eliminated you're really not playing for very much that's when you get the preseason feeling of uh building a team where riley moss starting sure drew sanders starting god bless alex polshetsky undrafted free agent Sure. Jarrett Stidham, have a blast. We're playing for evaluation at this point, but I think you're probably still a week off from that. Yeah. And I just mean more, you know, yeah. you got Riley Moss in for their two snaps. Let's give him to 15. I yep. uh, got Drew Sanders in there for 13 snaps. Let's give him to 2025. 20, and then we'll see maybe. So again, I'm not saying necessarily start, but yeah, I want to see more from these guys over yep. these ne- this weekend against the, char- against the chargers. And then definitely the next weekend against the Raiders. Um, it, it, you want to see more from those guys because you're counting heavily on those guys next year. Let's, let's get them. Let's get their, their feet wet a little bit. Let's get the green out from behind their ears. And also then it gives yourself a further chance to evaluate as well. Wow. Drew Sanders looks horrible at linebacker. We don't know what he's going to be like. This is just a hypothetical, but let's say he comes in and starts. Wow. He's way over his head. Maybe he's better next season, but last we saw, we need to come in there and at least find somebody who's viable that we could roll with. If he's still swimming, out there. So I think that evaluation point is coming for all these guys. It's, er- I think it's still going to be a week early for all of them as far as the full on starting um, just to see that. But the one I don't know about just yet is uh, Russell Wilson because of that $37 million guarantee. We already see them moving on from Kareem Jackson. Uh, we'll see if he's back on the practice squad or not, but I don't know, Scott, I think there has been no buzz just yet, uh, but this is a, the first real defining moment. Uh, I think in a while, as far as the Broncos go with Russell Wilson, if they sit him, writing's on the wall. I don't expect it to happen. We'll see. 
but yeah, they'll they'll tip their hand. I don't expect them to be benched. Yeah. Um, we will see. And, and Doug again, he came in with the the the, the stars earlier, following up. Says so a sad thing, like Scott said back in the preseason, this was a ten win team, and it it sh- it still should have been. You're sitting at seven. Uh, you you shouldn't have lost to Josh McDaniels Raiders. That was a home game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you lose commanders. the commanders at home. The Jets and the Jets and the Patriots and the Patriots who are three and losses. Those are four. Let's say you go three and one in that group. You're sitting at 10 wins right now with two to go. So 10 and six, three should be. That's not a, that's not a hot take. Nope. Now maybe you get some ones that you weren't necessarily expecting chiefs bills, but you caught the bills at the right time. You know, Mm -hmm. of, of all those turnover games, that one, one was the easiest to predict. You know, so the fumbles are a little value. Yeah, but the, the Bills were giving the ball away at a crazy clip. Yep. Uh, the Detroit Lions were too, but they didn't against against y'all, against uh, against the Broncos. Yeah, and the one last thing I want to get to, Scott, on this is that, well, the Broncos, we said this season, you know, nine, ten wins. Uh, and this team is probably going to end up about there. I do feel like they are not overachieving to what their talent is. They're playing right now. This looks like about a 500 team. I don't think the quarterback position is elevating uh, guys to the extent where you're talking about a top eight quarterback. The one thing that I do think is worth mentioning for the Broncos is that I, and I don't have the data on this yet. We'll see it when it comes out at the end of the season, but it does feel like this has probably been one of the healthiest Broncos teams we've seen in the last decade. And you still only finish about 500 uh, this year. So that feels like a missed opportunity um, because if I've, I'm guessing when we look at the end of the season, when the games lost for starters and whatnot, Broncos will probably be in the bottom five to seven uh, in terms of the injury luck this season being a positive. Uh, so that feels like a missed opportunity. You have not had to deal with the crazy amount. I mean, God, you lose one of your top three wide receivers and the offense completely goes to bleep. Uh, so that's something, at least something we need to think about in the off season as well. You've had injury luck and you're still not very good. We can do hindsight on this when we talk yeah. about injuries because when we started making season predictions in July, <clears throat> I had Tim Patrick. I had high hopes yeah. for Randy Gregory. I had decent hopes for Frank Clark. Yeah, You got minus play from Randy Gregory. You got zero from Frank Clark and Tim Patrick. And I didn't get what I was hoping to get from, uh, from Jerry Judy either. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the key players that we were looking at at the beginning of the season that haven't lived up to expectations that are one of the reasons why you are where you are. Yeah. Yeah. I just, this team is probably about 500 for their talent right now. And that is with injury luck overall this season compared to league average. That's always important. You're going to always going to have injuries. It's a bleep in football, but uh, it's a little bit, a little bit worried about the long-term prospect of the talent on this team, but we'll see. Uh, they're going to have to hit the draft this one, and they're going to have to make some savvy free agent moves with limited cap space and limited uh, draft picks. So going to be really interesting to see where the Broncos go. Uh, overall, Scott, for as far as this game and the Patriots and the Broncos losing, I probably put the most at the feet of the coaching staff just because there was enough mis-execution out there. The players have to go out there and execute at the end of the day. But, I mean, the offense just flatlining the second and third quarter, the missed opportunities early, the giving up the explosive plays uh, to a team that couldn't do anything but hit those explosive plays uh, from Bailey Zappi down the field, and then the turnover on special teams. Seven points right there, poof, gone. So those are the ones that stand out for me, and when there's that many things uh, going wrong on the field, I'm going to put it mostly on the coaching staff. Uh, 
because somebody out there should have fixed something and we didn't get any of it. I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it was way, way, way too conservative. It's like, listen, this team can't beat us. Let's not beat ourselves. Well, you ended up with some mistakes and a couple turnovers in there and you can't, you can't have that. I mean, watch the Raiders and chiefs yesterday. Again, when you have a quarterback pass for 64 yards and beat you, you know, something else was going on. Yep. And, uh, if I did have to put this game on in one moment, it would have been the fumble from uh, Marvin Mims directly resulting in seven points to the other team. But you also have a six point swing with uh, Javante Williams, who is probably from a volume perspective, your most detrimental player in this game. Uh, you had the, what was the ball? It was on the new England 38 and you have Russell Wilson throw it negative three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Who just seen that coming? Uh, but then you have that's, Javante that's Williams. normal though. We expect that week to week I, play to play. <sighs> yeah, they do, uh, Scott. That's a frustrating part of this offense. But Williams fumbling the ball and then also only going for 2.2 yards per rush, not capitalizing in that red zone early on. I mean, Javonta Williams is broken and the run game is broken, and I don't think it's offensive line related as much as it is Williams looking pretty cooked right now, unfortunately. I don't know. I think, I think the offensive line takes their share of the blame on this one in the running game. I really do, especially when you got Barmore just feasting yeah, in the middle. Yeah, he dominated. That doesn't he happen. He doesn't have that game unless he is absolutely whipping the guy in front of him. Yeah. Guys in front of him. Yep. And they play a lot of punk pocket crunching stuff. So unfortunate game uh, for the Broncos. And it's sad to see them go down like that this season. Uh, but, you know, it does seem like they are heading in the right direction. Overall, it's a team that is building. And uh, we'll see. It's going to be an offseason in flux, no doubt. And we'll see what happens with Russell Wilson seems like the smoke out of Dove Valley is that he's way more likely to be gone than back right now. I think you can kind of see them in the post game press conference too, with Russell Wilson talking about, you know, just focusing on down the stretch here, but we'll see. We still got two games. Final super chat coming in from Justin. He says, Bailey Zappi lit us up and Sam Howell lit us up both backups at best. Let that sink in. Sam Howell was lighting a lot of people up at the beginning for just yards. He was putting the ball in harm's way too. Um, Zappy and Russell Wilson had almost identical games by stats, by the numbers, but it felt like it was all compressed into just one little tiny area for Russell Wilson where Bailey Zappy was a little bit better. But yeah, it's um, again, I don't, I don't put this one on the defense. I put this one on offense and special teams for the most part. That is the reason why you lost this game. I think based on who is out there playing, I think the defense is doing their jobs. I do not think the offense for the investment that you have on the offense is doing well enough. And I think the special teams was just a problem uh, and it hasn't been, but it was, it was this game. Yeah. Ah, frustrating missed opportunity, but Hey, we have asked for meaningful football in December and we got it. It's unfortunate that the last game of the season's probably not going to mean anything other than getting a win streak uh, with the Raiders off, but what can you do? Uh, and we, we'll see what happens. And we're still going to be here and talk ball. So appreciate you guys. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and Facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to our show, like the channel, and share on your social media platforms. That's going to have to wrap it up for us today, guys. We'll see what happens uh, down the stretch. I'll be back again tonight with Carl on Building the Broncos, doing triple time for a Tuesday here. So appreciate all of you. Make sure you continue to choose kindness and compassion. Hope all of you had a good holiday. Enjoy this weird week between Christmas and New Year's. Have a great one. Go Broncos. 
Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.